On today's insights, breaking down conversion rates. Is your website helping or hurting your lead funnel? Your employer brand doesn't have to be everything to everyone. And Matt explains two ways programmatic job advertising works for the staffing industry. Insights is brought to you by Haley Marketing. Do you ever wish you had an easier way to sell your staffing services? Do you wish more qualified candidates would apply to your jobs? It's time to stop wishing and start doing. Let Haley Marketing create a roadmap for your company. We'll talk with you about your goals, determine the best marketing strategies for your business, and then give you an outline of everything you need to do to succeed in this market. And the best part, it's completely free. If you'd like a marketing roadmap for your staffing company, give us a call at 888-696-2900 or email info at haleymarketing.com. This is Insights. Welcome to Insights. Tips and best practices from the insiders at Haley Marketing. Insights will provide you with the tools you need to master your social media, digital marketing, and employer branding. Your hosts for Insights are Brad Biley and Matt Lozar. What's up? This is Brad Biley and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, episode 50, buddy. We made it, Brad. We said we wanted to hit 50 this year. We had the full plan in place on how to get there. Matt, October 14th when we dropped this episode, episode 50. How you feeling? Not even the pandemic could stop us. We, We kept on going through and we hit our goal, which is fun. We went from building a full production studio at the office to going in one day and stealing all the microphones. And here we are doing it over Zoom. With ring lights, like we're influencers in, yeah. our, in our offices at home. Home office. Look at us. Who, who would have thought, Matt? Look at us. <laughs> Matt, you well, teased some good us. news. They can't look at us, Brad, because it's a podcast. Good point. Good point. <laughs> Matt, you teased some good news on episode 49. You said we were going to come to episode 50 with some good news for the listeners. The floor is yours, man. We, we did the old radio tease, which I don't know if people do anymore, but we did it. And, you know, from the recruitment marketing side, we're really excited. We have a new website, www.recruitmentmarketers.com um, is the URL. It's all recruitment marketing focused for the industry and has a lot of content on our four pillars of recruitment marketing, you know, has webinars, has blog content, you know, information about the four pillars, and we'll continue to fill that site with a lot of hopefully insightful and helpful content around the area of recruitment marketing for the industry. Matt, you know what I love about the site is not only does it, yes, talk about the services that we offer at Haley Marketing, but it offers a ton of advice. If you're looking into recruitment marketing and you're wondering, what can I do to get started now? There's a great advice section. There is an incredible ebook and an incredible checklist, the Smart Recruiting Checklist with 190 ideas to make your recruiting smarter. A ton of testimonials and and examples of what Matt and the team have done uh, for some other clients in the staffing industry. Really awesome resource at recruitmentmarketers.com. Matt, anything else you want to say about the site before we get started here? No, excited to launch. Um, Really grateful to the team at Haley Marketing for all the help, you know, top down. Now, I definitely didn't do this by myself. There was a lot of people that no, helped. No, you didn't build and, the site. I could no, tell I that. Didn't build, I, I, you, want me, you don't want me building a site, picking images or anything. <laughs> but 
you know, really appreciative and helpful for it. And hopefully, you know, continues like Brad said to give awesome advice to the industry on, you know, what continues to be a really difficult challenge of recruiting. So now I think it's time to get to the show. Let's talk about breaking down conversion rates. Is your website helping or hurting your lead funnel? Matt, at Haley Marketing, we are constantly looking at client websites from throughout the staffing and recruiting industry. You're constantly looking at other websites from outside the industry just to get insight and get some perspective into what others are doing. And Matt, I think it's a good topic to talk about when we look at Q4 and possibly thinking about redeveloping, redesigning websites for 2021. Conversion rates are critical. And Matt, maybe at its very foundation, why don't you walk us through what a conversion rate means? When we say, what is a conversion rate? What are we really getting at? To me, the conversion rate means how many times a website visitor goes to a specific page on your site and how many conversions you get out of it. And the conversion is going to be, you know, physically clicking on a button. It may be getting to a form or a capture method. And then when that visitor to your website clicks on that form, completes it, submits it to your team. So if you have 100 people visit a form, 10 people fill it out, your conversion rate's 10%. Simple math. We love simple math. And that's what the conversion rate is. So, you know, we could dig into what's good conversion rates, what's bad conversion rates. But I think the, you know, really the, the meat of this segment we want to get into is making sure people get to the right people, get to those capture pages, those contact forms to get them to fill them out and submit their information to your team. There's a lot at stake here. When you think about conversion rates, Matt's exactly right. It starts with getting a number of people to your site, to your landing page in the first, the first point, right? You have to get people through the front door to actually see that page. Next, we want to know if they're the right person, right? If you're placing light industrial workers in Buffalo, New York, having 700 IT professionals from Seattle doesn't do you any good if they're on that landing page. So we want to have the right people there. And then we want to have something that's compelling enough to actually get them to take action. Do we have a strong call to action? Do we have the right copy? Do we have the right piece of gated content or the right resource? What do we have? Why do I need to give you my information? So we need that then. We've talked a lot about insights before about the content in the audience Right. So I think when you, Brad, you were explaining this to me, one of the lost pieces of the conversion is that actual conversion and having a strong call to action. You know, we've talked we had a, internally, we talked about a project recently where a, a client was looking for more clients on their end. They needed help on the sales side. And when we looked at their website, it really wasn't designed for that purpose. It was very focused on the recruiting side. So when we talk about conversion rates, yes, you need to have content or a way to get people there. You need to get the right people there. But once you draw them in, somebody may have never been to your website before. They don't know where to go. You need to tell them and make it easy for them to click on a button or maybe a fly-in or however that site's designed to make sure we capture that original intent that got them to your page initially. You think about a new website visitor, if they're bouncing over from LinkedIn, Facebook, they're bouncing over from Google, they find your site for the first time. Maybe they're a little scared. They're a little hesitant. They don't know where they are. They want to go home, right? They want to go back to Facebook. They want to go back to Google. They want to get their resource and get on with their, their day. Those calls to action, that funnel driving people the right way captivates their attention to want to go to that next step. Matt made a great point here. Your website 
in a sense, doesn't need to be everything to everyone. Matt, I know we're going to talk about that with employer branding, but if you think about your homepage, you don't need two call to action fly-ins, one for job seekers, one for prospects. Next thing you know, you look like a website from the 1990s, right? You have all these flashy lights everywhere. Think about what your main goal is and stick to it for a month. Stick to it for a couple of weeks. Funnel that traffic in the right way. Get people going in the right direction, but be strategic with it. So maybe your services pages drive people to request an employee or learn more about you. Maybe your job seeker pages are funneling people to actually apply to those jobs. Be strategic with what that call to action is, what you're asking people to do. But again, you don't need to be everything to everyone on every single page. I think it's just, you got to tell people where to go. I mean, think about when, well, when we used to go places, you walked in physically to a new building, a new restaurant, a new hotel, a new whatever. The first time you walk in the door, you have nowhere to go. Right. Like if you're looking for the front desk at a hotel, if it's designed well, it'll get you there. Or if you're looking for whatever, a restroom in some place or any it's place. It's a grocery looking- store analogy, man. You walk through a grocery store and they funnel you through down aisles, right? Down a specific path. Yeah. That's the exact thing that your website should be. You have to make it and, it, and as Brad said, there's a delicate balance between telling people where to convert or how to convert and throwing 10 different calls to action at them and making it annoying. It's a delicate balance to where those UX, UI, you know, the user experience people that design websites can, can help with. And how we joked in the intro, that's why I didn't design a website. Like, I don't know what to do, but you want to make sure it looks great on desktop. You want to make sure it looks great on mobile and you navigate people to that specific place to get them to convert. And this isn't saying that you need some conversion optimization specialist on your team. You don't need to hire somebody specifically just to look at your conversion rates and your funnel of your website. But think through your website from an outsider's perspective. Look at your website on a mobile device. Are you able to funnel yourself to a key conversion page? If you were looking at your site for the first time, would you know what to do if you wanted to apply to a job? Challenge a friend or a family member to go through your website and and see where they get hung up. See if it makes sense to them. See if there's any friction. Matt and I have talked about the Amazon effect for staffing and recruiting. Is it super easy to apply to your job? Or as Matt said, is it annoying? Is there a process breakdown? It might make sense on paper and it might make sense as you deploy that fly-in. But is the experience both on mobile and desktop? Is it great in both instances? Really think through that and make sure that you're doing everything you can to make it as easy as possible for that desired user to take action. Your employer brand doesn't have to be everything to everyone. Matt, as we were preparing for this segment, I could see you getting fired up and talking about it. So I'm going to give you the floor here. When we think about employer branding, what does that mean? What does it mean for the staffing industry? And why doesn't it have to be everything to everyone? That could be like an hour-long podcast, Brad. Um, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, his day's done. The employer brand is, you know, that brand that's out there about your company for when somebody works with you. And it's very unique in the staffing industry because it's almost your company brand where in the non-staffing world, it's they're two separate things. Like think about Coca-Cola. There's a different brand for Coca-Cola pop soda drink versus working at Coca-Cola. We call it pop here. We call it pop here. And 
But for staffing recruiting, you know, that employer brand, it's still, you know, what's it like to work for your company? Like, what are people saying about your employer brand? It's not what you're saying. It's what they're hearing, right? So the purpose of this segment, though, I thought was recruiting is such a challenge right now. It's been a challenge before COVID. It continues to be a challenge post-COVID. I mean, literally have been on numerous roundtables with companies around the country trying to figure it out. And with recruiting a challenge, it's almost like, hey, we'll take anyone for this job. But it's really important, I think, to dig down into your mission, into your values, to make sure you're hiring people that align with that part of your company, which is your employer brand. That mission and values is really important to get the right person to work for you. The right person is critical. If you hire the wrong person, you put them at a large warehouse, now they're sort of that poison pill in a company culture. It ends up doing you more harm than good. It's so much there. It's, you know, even think about like, right, Brad said, like you hire someone, they go to work for three days, they ghost you, which ghosting is huge right now in the industry. That repel could have happened before they started or even applied. If they knew they're not the right fit for your company, you really didn't lose anything. But now that you lose a candidate, a walk-off essentially of the job, hurts your company, hurts the rest of the employees on your team, and is a bad image of you with your client because you're, you're providing employees and talent who show up one day and aren't there the next shift. Right. Think about somebody who's working on a in a warehouse facility, right? And they learn that Brad's staffing firm consistently has people with no call, no shows, right? Every time there's a temp from Brad's staffing company, they're here for three, four days, they're on their way. That message that it sends to everyone else working in that facility is to not trust the individual who's coming from that agency. So Matt's exactly right. If you can do what you can to front load that insight to front load and make sure that you're putting the right people to work in the right opportunities, it sets you up for so much success as you move forward. And it's not even just, you know, your temporary employees on assignment. This is with internal team too. Sure. Like this is for the, your recruiters, your sales team, anyone you're hiring internally, where you really have to dig deep into the process of when you're hiring to try to make sure you get that right person through, you know, maybe it's asking interview questions about your values and your mission to to make sure they align, like they could have a great resume and all the experience, but that employer brand, it's so important because, you know, every company's made a bad hire. And when you make a bad hire, you know, pick your stat, how much it costs your company, but just think about the time and stress it causes on you. If you can try to avoid that by portraying the correct employer brand, it's okay to repel the people who don't match for your company as hard as that is to swallow and accept. Yeah. And, and I think, Matt, it's, it's challenging because let's say you're in high volume staffing, right? And you need 400 people to go to work next week. It's difficult to have the courage to say this person isn't perfect for us when you're looking at high volume. But to Matt's point, the message that that sends to the client of, you know, we found you A players, especially now, I think says so much more than just the fact that you filled that order with anybody and everybody. So what could you do? You could maybe find a question or two or a value or two or really a soft skill or two that matches up yeah. like, and just focus on that because yeah, it's high volume hiring. You're not going to go through a four hour interview process for 400 openings, but what can you look at with your A players, with the people that are consistently on your payroll that are successful, who are successful and 
create a process to find more candidates that fit that mold that match your employer brand and really deliver well and strong yeah. results. And, and the last challenge that I can think of here, Matt, is just the fact that it takes so much more time when you're front loading that, right? If you're really running a thorough interview to, to weed people out based on whether or not they fit your values, they fit your mission, they fit your uh, company vision, I think it, it takes more time. It has to, right? You're looking for that diamond in, in the clutter. You're looking for that A player, but you're saving yourself so much time in the long run. You're saving emotional um, stability. You're, you're saving so much more. And one way you could maybe cut down that time is by the content you produce for your website, for right. your social media. like, And then it'll naturally attract people to those values and mission. Like if you're putting out videos of employees who really have bought into your company or are now successful, someone's going to picture themselves in that similar, you know, place as that person in the video and say, Hey, I can do that. You know, that matches with, with what I want out of a job and a company. So you can control that and to try to cut down on that time. Or on the other end, I can't see myself in that video. This Correct. isn't me. Right. It's exactly what we said. It's okay. Like, Hey, if, you know, there's companies out there, we've all looked for jobs at some point in our career, like you're looking like just not a good fit, right? right. Which is okay. So you want to find that right fit and you can help control that by proudly displaying your mission and values. Matt, so you talk about the four pillars of recruitment marketing. We have employer branding, we have social recruiting, we have job advertising, and we have the career site. Let's move right into segment three here and talk about that job advertising and programmatic job advertising. Now, you were going to tell us two ways that programmatic job advertising works for the staffing industry. First off, if you can, explain to us what programmatic job advertising is. We're not even using that word anymore, Brad. No, okay. we are. But um, Educate me. Yeah, sure. I think I'm going to ignore your question like most, I'm not going to go there, uh, politicians in the country, but um, we're just going to spin our answer here and talk about the two ways I think it works well, or even when it doesn't work well, you know, kind of looking at it from both sides. Um, you know, we've been talking to so many companies and finding out so who it's worked well for, who it hasn't worked well for. And programmatic really, at the end of the day, just means automation and efficiency and getting more ROI out of your recruitment budget. So to dig into the two different ways, I think it works well for the industry. One, let's say, you know, you might are, you're looking for a new job board that has a different, a unique differentiator, you know, a programmatic job board can be that. And what I mean by a programmatic job board is its unique differentiator is its algorithm, its technology to read your job, to read your description, look at its algorithm and say, okay, you know, this machine operator in Buffalo, New York will work really well on these job boards. Let's show your job here. We want to show the right job to the right person at the right time. The nursing position in Kansas City, Missouri, that needs different job boards. We're going to show it to these job boards because the nursing candidate's different than our machine operator. That, I think, is the first place it can work really well because that unique differentiator for a job board is different than a unique differentiator for like an Indeed. I get it. Talk to me about number two. The number, the second way, and I think this is where it can really work with any company right there, and I, is when you use programmatic software to manage your current spend. And what I mean by that is, let's say you had the $2,500, $5,000, $10,000-a-month budget that you're spending on one job board, two job boards, whatever your 
your combination is for your company. Do you have a automated system in place that can analyze your data, that can distribute jobs automatically, that can report on jobs automatically, that can make adjustments automatically, right, faster than any human can to get the most efficiency out of that spend, right? Let's say you had a $5,000 budget, 50% on Indeed, 50% on ZipRecruiter, you know, how can that be automated? How can the software make sure that allocation is correct to make sure the budgets on individual jobs correctly? And how is it making sure it's meeting your goals? Because one of the things we've heard is we're afraid to just let it go out there and be automated where really you're teaching the software how to automate based on your goals at the end of the day. That's really important. I'm more afraid about myself controlling that ad or that job spend and wasting money. I mean, now more than ever, we can't waste a penny, right? So if we're throwing a thousand dollars at a site and we could be getting better return on that investment on another site, why not let the software do what it's intended to do? Figure that out, identify that and spend our money the right way. Yeah. We're talking to a lot of companies where there is no plan. It's, Hey, hot job order came in. We need candidates. Let's go here because that's what we've always done or that's what you know our intuition tells us and we'll post and pray and hope it comes in to where if you have those recruitment goals or a hot order comes in you have a plan in place to where okay you know we've got 200 orders for material handlers in Seattle Washington we know this is what it's going to cost us on Indeed or ZipRecruiter to get applications this is what our budget needs to be and then you can just attack it instead of hoping and praying that your tactics and your strategy will work. Talk to me about getting started with programmatic advertising and in, in that job spend. What are we calling it now? What do you want me to call it? I want to call it just even job spend management or recruitment advertising management. I think. Yeah. I, I want to make sure I'm using the vernacular that you want me to use here. It's 2020. There are no rules, Brad. <laughs> um, I don't even know if I want to instruct people you know, to start with programmatic, you know, kind of my torch right now is to really look at two different things. It's to look at how are your jobs being automatically posted on job boards, right? How much is that getting automated? Like how much can you remove the manual copy and paste that someone in your office or branch offices are doing? No one has time for that. They, they have, they make time for that when it's probably not the best ROI, right? Right. We need more time to talk to the people who want to work for us. Um, So really look at how much can be automated in the distribution, in the budget allocation, in the strategy of your job board. I think the second part that everyone should evaluate right now is the source tracking of it, right? If Brad applies on Indeed, Matt applies on ZipRecruiter, does that go into your candidate database, into your applicant tracking system to track and analyze who the quality candidates are? right? Do you know if you got 10 candidates from Indeed and 10 candidates from ZipRecruiter, how many of those were quality and how much did you have to pay for those? So the two things, it doesn't have to be programmatic. You may have a better system in place, right? You could have an automated system that you work with on the job boards. You may have the source checking in place. Those are the two things to really focus on. Will programmatic software help? Of course it will. It's one solution to that problem. So those are the two things I think every staffing agency needs to look at because expenses are being counted more than ever right now. And if you're not really tight in your system, very strong in your system, you're going to be wasting money. That's our show. 
And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us? You can tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. For my podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.